Welcome back to the In the Dugout podcast. My name is Jason Ward, a.k.a. Red Sox Dugout. I'm alongside Joey Nagel and Garrett Jacobs-Meyer. Thank you. Good to be here. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You know him as an icon on the 2013 World Series team. Yes, we do. And one of the best beards in the game. Of course. And now you know him as a guest on the In the Dugout podcast. That's right. We have Johnny Gomes on this Woo! podcast episode. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big episode. Um, We'll get to that interview in a little bit. But first, so we're going to come out. Our first topic was supposed to be Mookie Betts unfollowed the Red Sox on Instagram. It's a really big deal, Jason. Thank you. Yeah, but then he followed them back. So we're good good there. (laughs) You know it's a slow offseason when our first two topics are Mookie Betts unfollowing the Red Sox on social media and the Paw Sox, or sorry, the Woo Sox making their logo a smiley face. This is not a hot stove. This is a unused microwave. (laughs) <laughs> rather cold someone asked me uh yesterday when free agency starts now yeah <laughs> we can go ahead and sign whoever we want trade whoever we want go right ahead but um i mean it is november 20 whatever so i don't expect too much to happen now 26 the braves i guess they got some kind of head start or something because they already signed will smith they already signed um travis Darno. so i don't know if they got some kind of like head start from the league but um, let's let's go back to the Mookie Betts thing. You know what they're doing? Who they're getting jiggy with it. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> Keep going. So Mookie Betts last night, I um I got a tip that he unfollowed the Red Sox on Instagram and Twitter. We have no proof that he ever followed them in the beginning, but he is following them now. Does that mean anything? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I hate how. In modern day sports, we take players' posts and what they say and what they like on social media as credible sources for news and reports. Well, Tom Brady is going around liking all of Antonio Brown's pictures, so you know it's a really big deal. At this point, players are just trolling with us, especially it's, like it's, Rob Gronkowski. It's so stupid. Yeah. So it. Rob it, Gronkowski said the Cowboys could use a tight end just like me to help them win games, and then he's like, "I have this big announcement coming Monday," and then he just announces some. Beach, darn beach, beach party. party. Yeah. It's probably going to be a good time, let's be real. Yeah, you want to go, Joey? Yeah, I do. Sick. The Red Sox put Brian Johnson on outright waivers. No! Yeah. Darn! Is he going to clear? If he... Free agent? Shoot! If he, if, <laughs> or what? If he gets claimed, then he's gone. Otherwise, what, he'll go to AAA. What does clear waivers mean? Just... You, they no have one to, gets picked up in that time, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, so that's, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, so teams... Cool. Every team can... Claim yep. him, and then right. he and doesn't then get claimed by those teams, and he clears and goes to AAA to Wusta. Mediocre at a different level. Is he getting? Is he getting uh, claimed? Um, what do you think? Prediction? Possibly. There's a decent get chance the, he gets get claimed. Crystal ball. Because he was once a top prospect in the game, and he's had some success at the major league level, kind of not really, but he could fit with another team, maybe Royals and Tigers, because they're bad. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, let's keep flying through our great topics here. Woo Socks. <laughs> Hate the name. Should have been the What are you Mass talking holes. about? Mass Holes was an option. Was it really? They yeah. had like 200-something The Rocket entries. Socks. What about, what about one name. of their entries was the Gritty Kitties? That's kind of dope, too. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. that's actually like kind of cool for a minor league team. Should be the, they should be the downward dogs. Think of Or the <laughs> upward ostriches because we want to go upward in the standings. 
I don't hate the name Woo Sox. No, I like it. It's funny. It's, it's like Worcester Red Sox, Woo Sox. Yeah, Woo Star. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the logo. There was a lot of backlash Myself for that logo. Included. I and I was terrible. defending it a Isn't lot. Isn't it like a... It's a smiley, it's a smiley face. First of all, this is a podcast. They can't see you. <laughs> they, can, they can see me. Yeah, that's true. Anyone who watches the videos. um, That's the logo right there. Was that, do was it again, that accurate? Do it again. That's the logo. <laughs> is that accurate? But yeah, it's the smiley face emoji in Ted Williams and David Ortiz's stance. They should use the one with the crying little like... They're crying. <laughs> yeah. But the whole idea behind it is that smiley face created by Harvey Ball, who is apparently my uncle's uncle. Just found that out. Jason, Jason has an uncle who owns an underwear factory. True. Fun fact. In Brazil. Yep. Don't forget that part Just of it. I just share that with everyone. I feel like that's important. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so that smiley face was created by Harvey Ball, and it was some like big icon in Worcester at the time. It's a big part of Worcester's history. And then it became this international icon, and that's actually the um, the design that Walmart used for those stickers they handed out and the little smiley face. Oh thing. yeah, I remember those. Yeah. yeah. So Isn't it just the regular smiley face? Yeah, or? it's the same thing. So the Woo Socks logo is the Walmart sticker thing. I mean, they could have a worse logo. That's true. Why and can't it be something like the Montgomery Biscuits? There's a uh, minor league team called the Fighting Squirrels. There's a minor league team called the Rumble Ponies. Love that. I didn't know that. And the Yard Goats. There's one called the Owls with a Z. Ooh. <laughs> That's sick. Fire. Winner. We have a winner. Winner, if you winner. turn that backwards, you got Thanksgiving slow. dinner. The one thing I don't understand about this is I get they're sponsored by Polar, like the drink company, but their park is Polar Park. So wouldn't it make sense to keep the Polar Bear like The logo? Worcester Paw Sox. Like the, yeah, the Worcester Paw Sox. I'm, whatever. That would work. I mean, it'll, it'll be, be cool the, the, having them in Worcester. The cold Worcester Oh, yeah, Sox. that reminds me. Uh, the, the contract between the Red Sox and the Spinners is up at the end of next year. So that could be the end of the spinners. What's the protocol? Do they have to find another team? Or? You don't need a they just would short eliminate that team. level. Yeah. No. That would greatly stink. What are they going to yeah. do with the stadium? Well, I mean, the spinners could become an affiliate of someone else. It's true. true. The they Marlins. can be the affiliate of the Orlando Dreamers. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, stupid. what a horrible name. That's worse than Everything, the Blue Sox. The logo, yeah, that's true. That's a team worse than the Woo Sox right there is the Orlando Dreamers. Yeah. And their logo looks like it was taken from like some 2011 video game. No, nah, it's like two th- circa 2001 Microsoft clip art. Yeah. Like, like, it's the, terrible. Um, one of the other newer expansion teams in sports were the Golden Knights. And their like, colors are sick. Their, their uh, uniforms are sick. And, they're and their in logo Vegas. is sick. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. No, it's but just- Florida doesn't need three teams. That's true. They have the Rays and the Marlins who collectively have like seven fans. They don't need another team. That's true. Yep. Put one in in Nolens. If you want a team in or in like Charlotte or Las Vegas or Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. There's yeah. so many better places. Or in And um, so many better names than the Dreamers. Monterrey, Connecticut. Like Dreamers it's sounds like you're dreaming to one day win something. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's bad. What about what if ooh, what if Boston got a second team? Or like New England got a second team? Why would we like want the that? New England something? The main farmers. The New England mill workers. Yes. <laughs> the New England 
abused Laborers. female And tonight on workers. Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, it's the Yankees versus the mill workers. Yeah, there you go. You could just do, uh, I don't know, you could put another one in Pittsburgh and name them the Steel Yards. <laughs> you can put them in, uh, you can put them in Maine and call them the uh, Lumberjacks. Fun fact, U.S. once fought a war with Canadian Lumberjacks in Maine. Dude, that's that's crazy. a fun fact. <laughs> was it, was it last week we were talking about Shakespeare? I just dropped some history knowledge on you. All right, we've exhausted our topics because nothing's going on at all. So let's send it over to the interview you've been waiting for. Here's Johnny Gomes. All right, I'm on the phone with former Red Sox player and member of the 2013 World Series Championship team, Johnny Gomes. Johnny, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, man, right on. All good. So most Red Sox fans know you as a leader on that 2013 team. Talk about what that championship meant to you and the city of Boston. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think that roster, as it was assembled, um, it's unique. I mean, I, you, you could almost talk about, you know, that's coming off the heels of the 2012, the huge trade to the Dodgers. Um, and it, I think it was a unique assembly of the roster i don't know if you'd see one like that again to you know where the the game has gone into the youth uh as far as just going out and getting a bunch of 30 and over uh free agents where those guys are kind of frowned upon these days you know we're talking to shane victorino napoli dempster um you know lackey coming back uh steven drew uh you know just to name a few and then the bullpen guys but, you know, with that being said, you know, the, the age and the experience in that clubhouse, um, I, don't, I, I couldn't point my fingers to just one leader. I think uh, we are all a part of it. Um, w- with that being said, uh, you know, going into spring training, I wasn't there in 2012 with the guys that were there. You know, they just got done finishing last, you know, the year before. So, um, you know, we had to cover some ground. Uh, obviously the, the tragedy of the hiccup with the Boston Marathon bombing. Um, yeah, man, I mean, you, you kind of fire a question out. It seems to take a long time to answer, and that's just how impactful that season was. Absolutely. And then throughout that season, you had your share of clutch moments, like that pinch hit homer in game four. What's your thought process in those big moments that allows you to succeed? Um, I think that just comes with time and service in the game. Um, you know, there's very few guys that, you know, kind of jump onto that clutch right out of the gate. Uh, you definitely take your lumps um, throughout, you know, your uh, time, you know, fortunately to play the game long enough. Um, but I think my time uh, in Cincinnati and then my time in Oakland, where I was kind of just a platoon guy in Cincinnati being the National League to where um, there's a lot of like pinch hits. Um, you know, I was over there with Dusty Baker and a lot of good guys that kind of sharpened my skill set in that and um i was able to parlay that over to the american league with the red sox and you know had some uh, had some big hits and some crucial situations which you know pretty much everyone did throughout the season what's the biggest difference between playing in boston versus in other cities um wow um a lot <laughs> you know i'll tell you the truth a lot a lot um i was fortunate enough to get the awesomeness appetizer of of all the good um you know 2013 was my first year there and rolled out you know the world series champs um but 
2014 wasn't exactly ideal and then was uh, with Lester, part of that trade back to Oakland. Um, but I, I would say if one thing has to stand out, you know, I think it's the passion and the education that the fans have. So with that being said, you, you have to mirror that. You have to be passionate to wear that Sox uniform and you have to be accountable for, for your mistakes and your mishaps when they do happen throughout the season. Certainly one big difference of playing in Boston is that monster wall in left field. Talk about your experience with that wall. What was it like transitioning to a very unique ballpark feature like that? Yeah, kind of funny story. I mean, believe it or not, I think I already had a foot in the door without even playing uh, for the Red Sox. One coming up from 2003 all the way to 2008 in the American League East in Tampa. So I was at you know, underneath that wall a lot, a lot before wearing the Sox uniform. Uh, and previous to that, the AAA affiliate for the Tampa Bay Rays is the Durham Bulls. And the Durham Bulls have almost a replica in left field of the Green Monster. Uh, but it's painted blue, not called the Green Monster. But um, I played a ton of games underneath that wall as well. So it... Uh, it really wasn't too foreign for me, to tell you the truth, once I got there wearing the Red Sox uniform. You also spent some time playing baseball over in Japan. What was that experience like? Yeah, man, I mean, you know, uh, the time will will, uh, will catch up to you pretty soon. Um, I, I knew I didn't have too many more seasons underneath my belt. Um, unfortunately, you can't play this game forever, and there is a human element, and the game is getting younger. So I was... Uh, 36 years old and you know I, I kind of called it like studying abroad um I always followed it uh believe it or not 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 who's in first who's in last um but a lot of people don't really know how big baseball is over there in Japan I mean it's it's you know the biggest sport over there uh they obviously are in the WBC and either win it or second every single um year uh, but a lot of different dynamics and, you know, I was willing and, you know, brought the whole family and kind of capped off my career over there and, you know, just used it. Like I said, like studying abroad drills, they use, you know, they obviously bunt the back control, the speed, um, you know, it was pretty cool to, you know, pad my, you know, my baseball IQ with a little different uh, look at the game. And then a little more recently, you spent some time as an analyst for Nesson. How difficult was that transition, and what was it like calling games from the broadcast booth? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a whole different, you know, unique, uh, you know, skill set that you have to have. Um, you know, I mean, there's obviously guys in the minor leagues trying to work their way up through the rankings to get to the big leagues as a broadcaster. Um, kind of got thrown into the fire, but, you know, I tell you what, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, O'Brien right next to me. My gosh, this guy's so professional. And um, anything good that came out of me calling the games, I'd have to give him all the credit. He, he set me up and I knocked him down. Um, but it was cool. And it was also a really cool experience to see the game from that view. Um, since I started playing the game when I was just a young pup, you know, you see it from field level and you see it from the dugout and you see it from the box and the outfield to kind of get that bird's eye view. Um, you know, at the same time, you know, helped out my baseball IQ and expanding, you know, all the info that I love gathering. One phrase that you used on the broadcast from time to time that kind of stuck with me, phone booth swing. What is a phone booth swing? 
Yeah, phone booths, man. That's not a good swing. You don't want those. I mean, imagine getting in a phone booth and trying to swing. Um, you know, it's when a pitcher like really ties you up, if you will. You don't get a chance to like expand your arms. You don't get a chance to have that long, lengthy swing where those big home run swings come from. Um, yeah, so just imagine like getting your hands as close as you can. You can't even get the bat really in the zone because you're going to hit the other side of the phone booth. Um, yeah, you, you, you want to be on the pitching side if someone's going to take a phone booth swing. You don't, you don't want to be taking too many of those. There you go. That makes sense. Um, and then now you're a coach with the Diamondbacks. What are you doing with them, and how are you liking that new role as a coach? You know, I love it. Uh, coming over to the Diamondbacks, I live uh, in Scottsdale, so they're right down the road, spring training and the stadium. Um, you know, but coming over was Mike Hazen and his staff and Tori Lavella, who's the bench coach, who's now the manager. Um, so there's a lot of foreign faces that kind of made the transition easy. Um, but where I am now in the player development, working with the youth, I, I tell you what, I totally enjoy it. I love the chase of, you know, another ring. And I love the world championship caliber baseball, um, all that stuff. I did it for a while. I was fortunate enough to bump into a couple. And now I'm, I'm just really enjoying my time with the youth. I mean, all the way from 16 years old down to the Dominican, all the way up to guys that are just one step away in AAA, just doing what I can to, you know, just get them better and, you know, sink in and establish, you know, the Diamondback way that all, all the staff members down the minor leagues are doing. So back when you were playing, I heard Vin Scully say in a broadcast once that you were attacked by a wolf as a kid. Can you tell us that story? Oh, gosh. Uh, I guess Vince Scully can tell better than I can, tell you the truth. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that was one of his uh, cool calls. Um, the the more crazy part about that story is how he even knew it. I never even told that to him. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't tell many people that story at all. I mean, this guy, gosh, this guy can get info from anywhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, grew up in this tiny, tiny town for a while, uh, this town called Inverness, right outside of Point Reyes in Northern California. It's population like 350 people. And um, my grandmother, you know, would have some people come work on the property every now and again. And she had this, uh, this man that he was a Vietnam vet, and um, he actually had a, a wolf that he – I have no idea how he got a wolf or I think he got it when it was a baby or something like that. It was still super young and uh, I was still stoked thinking it was like a dog or it couldn't be that dangerous or whatever. Well, it, it turns out he went full wolf on me and um, yeah, knocked me over and it got hairy there for a minute. Back when you were playing, did you have any superstitions or rituals that you did before every game? <clears throat> yeah, I like to say I'm... Um, I'm uh, way more superstitious to not talk about my superstitions. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's always, you know, tricks of the trade, left foot, right foot, left batting glove, right batting glove, right or left. Um, you know, I mean, in a game of failure, you know, anytime you get a little bit of success that kind of carries over, um, you know, you're willing to fish for anything, whether it's a meal whether it's a certain pair of socks or how you put your socks on, um, a certain bat. Um, I never would it, you know, like take me over, if you will. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there, there is always, you know, tricks of the trade that kind of kept your mind, you know, at an even keel, if you will. 
Going off of that, back in 2013, you guys had the whole beard thing, Fear the Beard. You were tugging on people's beards. How did that start? What's the background behind that? I kind of came into spring training um, just with the mindset, you know, and kind of just like a, uh, a Kickstarter. Um, you know, I kind of had a, a, a full beard going and everyone's this and that. And, you know, it's obviously, you know, coming off hockey season, they always do the playoff beards. And, um, you know, I was kind of joking around saying, you know, I'm going to start growing my playoff beard right now in spring training. And, you know, anyone's welcome to do it. Let's jump on and start growing our playoff beards now. So when we get to the playoffs, we all have like huge beards and it like totally stands out. Um, yeah, I mean, a couple, you know, Napoli obviously jumped on and then more guys jumped on, more guys jumped on, started winning, started winning, um, giving the beard some credit. And before you know it, we were the bearded brothers. Have you stayed in touch with those members of that 2013 team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, winning a championship for life, man. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there's times when I haven't seen a guy in, you know, three, four years and you bump into him and it's just like you were spraying champagne, you know, the day before. So, uh, yeah, the relationships you create are, are definitely lifers. Of all of your 2013 teammates, who'd be the most likely to win a wrestling match with an alligator, aside from yourself? Oh, wow, you're digging. <laughs> um, Well, you... Probably wouldn't pick, but, you know, I'd probably go with Dustin Pedroia because he would just find a way to win because that's what he does. He just finds ways to get the job done. Um, and he's done it his whole career. I mean, you're talking about rookie of the year, MVP. This guy's super decorated. Um, any single challenge that you've ran in front of him, he's conquered. So um, I would go with Dustin Pedroia because he would find a way to win. This may be a tough question, but of all the players in the MLB right now, who's the most exciting player to you? Who do you love watching out there on the field? Um, I think when you talk like MVP and excitement, um, you know, I, I think how it starts is like outside of Trout. <laughs> you know, I mean, th this guy's pretty unbelievable. Uh, he's he's checking it, checking all the boxes off. So I think it starts with Trout, and I think that's a lot of guys' answers. Um, Next, right now, I'd, I'd probably go Javi Baez. I really think he, he's an exciting player. I, I, I love how this guy runs the bases, to tell you the truth. I mean, this guy can literally take over the game on the base path. Um, you know, he can delay steal. He can straight steal. You've seen him steal home. You've seen him steal third. You've seen him go with the uh, swing move slides. Uh, just total creates ruckus out there. And this is a shortstop you're talking about. So he's uh, he's pretty exciting. I mean, Christian Yelich, left-handed, to be able to, you know, put the bat on the ball against lefties to do what he does, he's pretty good. Um, man, there, there, there's a ton of guys, a ton of my old teammates that I still love, you know, watching. The game's in a good place right now. It really is with a lot of exciting players. But, you know, those are just a couple. Absolutely. And in your time in baseball, you kind of gained the name Journeyman. What's the craziest or funniest story you have from all your time in professional baseball? It can be in the minor leagues or major leagues. Yeah, I was just saying the other day, um, you know, you, you break into the big leagues and you're kind of bug-eyed and then you kind of get halfway through and then you're kind of just hanging on and you got a bunch of relationships and then boom, you know, you're done. You're on the other side coaching. Uh, seems like it goes fast, but, you know, if you wanted to know about, 
you know, the past and the careers and the story. I mean, it would take me weeks and weeks to tell you everything. Um, I mean, would it be known like the craziest thing you think might have happened probably happened a whole bunch and even crazier story has happened. Um, I would, I would have to dig down to that memory bank, but just know like it, it was extremely eventful and awesome. Um, you know, a quick one when I was in winter ball, the, you know, game started with two chickens fighting at home plate with <laughs> jerseys on them. And the place went crazy because the chickens kind of were just wrestling with each other right on home plate. I was leading. I didn't know what to do if someone was going to shoot the chickens off or what. But, um, yeah, I mean, all the way from chicken fights to, you know, the World Series, I think I've covered it all. And who would you say was the funniest teammate you ever played with? Yeah, see, that's the thing. When you go with uh, six organizations, you know, you bounce around. I did, you know, the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I did Mexico. I did Japan. Um, yeah, six times 25-plus dudes plus two other teams. You know, I mean, I, I play with a lot of funny dudes. Um, I, I, I couldn't give anyone the belt. You know, there's a lot of characters throughout my time. All right, last question I have for you. MLB has their players weekend every year where players can pick nicknames for the backs of their jerseys. If you still played, what would your nickname be? Um, oh gosh. Well, if I was in Boston, it would probably have to be Ironsides. That's kind of what, uh, what I jumped onto when I was there. It's good old Ironsides. And that's probably the best nickname in all of the game. If you know anything about that <laughs> ship, um, that that's probably what I would have went with. I like it. Well, thank you for joining me, Johnny. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, bro. Have a good one. That was incredible. What an interview. You know, it's a real shame that I wasn't there. I had to get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? I didn't hear about this. This is true. <laughs> I had a hair appointment. Yeah. Yeah, a male getting a hair appointment. My, mom, you. my mom made it for me. Thank you. But, oh um, yeah, I had to leave for that. And then by the time it was over, it only took like 12 minutes. And by the, by the time I was out, I was too lazy to come all the way back here. But, you know, good guy. Good guy. Real good guy. Yeah, man. Right on. All good. That's such a Johnny Gomes intro right there. What a great interview that was. Thanks to Johnny for coming on. Thank and you, Johnny. I love you. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the chicken story with the chickens at home plate. Johnny Gomes is just a gold factory, all the stuff that he has to say. And I'm glad I finally got an explanation for what a phone booth swing is because I've been wondering that ever since he said it back on the broadcast. Quick question. Yeah. What is a gold factory? Yeah. Like, he's constantly just putting out gold. Yes, but we, gold is a natural gold. resource. You mine gold. You don't produce it. If you played Minecraft, you would know this. Yeah. All right, continue. I'm Go sorry. Yeah. I was trying to I know, spice I know, it up with I know, a cool, you were just trying, cool phrase. Whatever. Yeah, well, you failed. Yeah, but thanks to Johnny Gomes for coming on the podcast. That's a huge interview for us. We've got another new segment for you this week. Last week, we had the whole Papa John's called the bullpen thing. Um, I think we're going to top that with the next one. This one is called Hot Seat. Ouch, my seat is hot. <laughs> what is Hot Seat, Jason? Here's how this works. So it's a bunch of rapid-fire questions that you have to answer with your first initial reaction to them. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back and forth between Garrett and Joey here. I'm going to start with Garrett, and then I'm just going to rapid fire back and forth between the two of you. Let's get it. Here we go. What wouldn't Mookie Betts be good at? Uh, eating ice cream. 
What was JD Martinez's first word? Papa. What would Heim Bloom name his boat? Uh, the Bluminator. <laughs> if you had to climb the monster wall without using the ladder, how would you do it? Rocket boots. What would Mitch Moreland's Wi-Fi name be? Uh, the Daddy's Back Home. <laughs> if Xander Bogarts wasn't a baseball player, he'd be? A ping pong player. What was the first thing Raphael Devers does in the morning? Uh, showers. If you, <laughs> if you were stranded on an island with two Red Sox players, who would you want with you? Mitch Moreland, Brock Holt. If David Ortiz walked into this room right now, what would you say to him? I would cry and say <laughs> I love you. <laughs> what is Sandy Leon's favorite flower? Tulip. If the Red Sox weren't called the Red Sox, they'd be the? Orange juices. What's the most likely way Joe Kelly would get kicked off a plane? Uh, fist fight with the pilot. If you were stranded on the side of the road and saw Brock Holt driving towards you, how would you get him to stop and help you? Uh, take my pants off. <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep going. It's hot seat. My seat's I know, keep going. If Alex, if Alex Cora had a podcast, what would it be called? The Cora Hour. <laughs> what would you get Michael Chavis for Christmas? Um, a jack-in-the-box. How do you think David Ortiz answers the phone? Hola, me llamo Big Papi. Me gusta baseball. What game would you be able to beat Chris Sale at? Um, 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 jump up and down ten times fast. <laughs> <laughs> would you invite Pablo Sandoval to your birthday party? Hell no. Who'd be most likely to be able to finish a whole Thanksgiving turkey by themselves? Um, um, uh, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And that was Hot Seat. Let's Just want to elaborate on one question. Yep. I would never invite Pablo Sandoval to my party because I know he has money, but he still wouldn't buy me a gift. He could get He'd, you a great gift. He would, but he wouldn't because he's too lazy to go mm. out and buy one. That's fair. He'd eat all my cake, okay? Mm-hmm. And he's just generally like, who would want to hang out with him? I'd also like to elaborate on an answer. Um, when you asked me the Chris Sale question, I went immediately to um, chess, and then I realized he's probably way smarter than me. But he's also taller than me, and when you're taller, it takes longer to fall because you can usually jump higher because of your long legs and you got like that spring. Like imagine a yeah, spring, but, right? So he would take longer to fall. So yeah, but he weighs time. like 90 pounds. Which means yeah, he which floats means down he floats like a feather. feather. I fall faster. Yeah. So I would fall faster. I'd be able to jump up and down ten times faster. Did all of that go through your head in that millisecond? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm that just that smart. Not smarter than Chris Sale at chess, probably. But all right, that was hot seat. Also, I'm deeply sorry for ruining our uh, PG rating on this (laughs) thing. But uh, you said the first thing that comes to my head, and uh, that's what happened. That was hot seat. Seat geek. This is the best ticket provider out there for all sports, concerts, shows, and more. Quick they question. Make buying tickets, yep. Are their seats hot or cold or room temperature? They make buying tickets easy by grading your ticket price so you know you're getting the best deal. And they provide a view from your hot seat so you can pick the perfect seats to any event. Plus, you can get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek by using the promo code DUGOUT. D-U-G-O-U-T. What does that spell? DUGOUT. Sounds good to me. Good job. <laughs> now it's you know, your turn. Yeah, with uh, in a hockey game, I don't think those seats would be hot. They'd probably be kind of cold. Now yep. it's your turn to ask questions. Let's do some listener questions. All right, everyone. My name is Garrett Jacobs. I have one job here and one job only, and that's to ask listener questions and provide a little bit of comic relief that none of you find funny. Um, thoughts on the Woo Socks logo name? Who's this ballpark? question from? S'more twenty. 
Uh, we already talked about that. That's true, but like I feel like at this point, you've been doing these questions for a while. I feel like you should recognize that that's not a question that <laughs> you should be asking. It's okay. It's okay, bro. I wanted to give S'more his recognition because I'm very thankful for his question. Well, tell him to send in some more. Thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was so good. Next question. Yeah. I'm going to answer it. Oh, okay. Bailey underscore Irish asks, Bruin versus Wild. How do you feel? Um, the Wild are the worst team in the league, and I'm actually really, really excited. I don't know when this question was asked. I watched half a period of Bruins hockey. I don't know and they when won. This- I don't know when this question is asked, but I don't know how the heck we pulled that game off. Yeah, that was... For anyone who doesn't know, we won. We pulled the goalie. I believe we scored two with the goalie pulled. Yeah, we did. Three in the final three minutes of the game. Yep. And then we... It was an insane score against a team that's, like, not very good. But Yeah, they suck, and we don't. But it was awesome. It was so much fun to watch. And anyone who's not into hockey right now, do it, because it makes me so happy. Boston is a hockey town when the Bruins are good. Next question from Kevin underscore Brunette. Hypothetical. Billy Bean never backed out of his contract with the Red Sox. Where are we? In Boston. Um, that's a that's actually like a good question. Wait, would then like would Moneyball be about us? Um, it would not be. It would not be a thing. I. Well, we could get like like um, Mark Wahlberg instead of um Brad Pitt. For the next question, everyone, this is a first on the uh, in the dugout podcast. What? Yeah, never mind. It's not the first. Um, <laughs> we need pitching. What do you see the Red Sox doing to address this hole? Do you think they resign Holt? That question's from Cape Cod Girl and me. Wait, I mean he wait, whoa, could whoa, pitch. Whoa, what? They were talking about pitching, and then they say, "Should we resign Holt?" Yeah, they're just two two uh, separate. Columns. No, no, it's no, it's one big question. I think Holt <laughs> would be very valuable Shut out of the up. bullpen. No, but seriously, for pitching, they need to get a starter in the rotation. Chris Sale is a giant question mark. We could get to that a little bit later. But um, he's a giant question mark. David Price may not be with the team next year. Nathan Valdi may not be with the team next year. Rick Porcello's gone. Eddie Rodriguez is really the only lock in that rotation. And even with him, it's not a guarantee that he's going to be good next year. Like, I think True. he will be because I think he's a talented pitcher who's going to be great for years to come. But there's no guarantee that he will be good next year. Absolutely not. So our rotation really needs some help. We need some decent starters in there and some good starters in there. Then obviously our bullpen, we've seen it. We saw it last year for sure. It needs a closer. It needs some reliable relievers who we can count on in big spots. The problem is there aren't really any free agents out there that fit that bill, so we may need to make some trades. But I don't really see many trade partners and many trade pieces among the Red Sox farm system maybe if they trade jbj i don't know maybe if they trade mookie and they get some kind of pitchers back i don't know but i think heim bloom's goal is to get a bunch of low risk high reward pitchers like the tampa bay rays used and i think that could be what our bullpen is made up of next year instead of like big name closers and big name setup men i don't really know but they need to acquire whether it's through free agency or trade a bunch of pitchers at different positions, at different skill levels, at different ages. I saw something about Alex Wood potentially signing with the I don't think we have the money for him. Well, you could you could if you move some things around, but then that... Like, I don't do think you we wanna, want another lefty want, either. Do you want to like move money around just for Alex Wood, who is like 
again, like no guarantee. Really. If we get Alex Wood, that's four lefties in our rotation. Someone I'm interested in, Will Harris. I think he's a good fit. Shouldn't be the most expensive guy either. Because he's old. Yeah, but he's still pretty good. He can still yeah, sp- not a bad option. Yeah. Next question. Kind of building off the same thing. Varun five 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 S asks: Is Erod our ace, or is Sale going to be good this season? Let's gotta talk believe about in, that. Gotta believe in Chris Sale. That's I like, don't know if Chris Sale is going to be healthy. They said on August nineteenth that he'll be reevaluated in six weeks. Yikes! It's been yeah. fourteen weeks, but. Since then, they did say that they only said six weeks because they thought they'd be in the playoff hunt. Now they decide to slow it down. So then on October 28th, um, the GM at the time, Brian O'Halloran, said, we really anticipate ultimately he'll have a pretty normal offseason, talking about sale. We expect that he'll see Dr. Andrews in mid-November and then begin his throwing program shortly thereafter. It's kind of past mid-November, I'd say. It's well November 26th. And he hasn't seen Dr. Andrews. We haven't gotten any updates. I don't think... I don't know if he's going to be healthy. He could still get Tommy John surgery. There's he, He's a huge question mark. And even if he is healthy, we don't even know if he's going to be good because of what he did last year. If he gets Tommy John surgery now, is he out for the rest of the season? Yes. Yeah. So and it's like more than a one year... Well, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's basically 10 to 12 months recovery time. Yeah. Okay. And it could Jeez. take longer for some pitchers. Like, Jay Groom, I think, was out for, like, a mo- year and a half. That's different because he kind of stinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But if Chris Sale... If he takes Tom, if he elects to have Tommy John now, it feels like the past couple months have just been a waste where, like... Yeah, that's true. For if sure. he If he had it when he went down in August, you know, you could talk about him coming back for a playoff race. Well, also, if he's not good to go next season we need to have David Price and probably need to have Nathan Valdi so we don't have that option of trading one of them to clear salary space for Mookie Betts yeah or and well also or with anyone. them with them like you don't know if they're gonna stay healthy let's be real they yeah. probably won't something's gonna pop up with both of them at I mean Valdi definitely can't trust that so then it goes back to Eduardo Rodriguez is really our only like locked in starter He's had injury problems in the past, That's too. That's true, but he too. W- he was very durable this year. And we have no depth in the minor leagues. Like, Brian Johnson, Hector Velasquez, Stephen Wright's gone. Remember Our when we said... Our friend Yolise Chosin's gone. Julius Chasen. So, pitching is going to be scary this year. In a bad way. Is there a good way? <laughs> pitching is going to be scary. Is there a... Oh, okay. Next question from Mick Gorm asks, what are the odds that we trade Nasty Nate? He said Nasty Mate. Well, <laughs> that's, kind of funny. Nasty. that's like a pirate thing. <laughs> that's good. Um, to the pirates. Of all, of all the potential trades that happen this offseason, I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is the highest possibility, and then Nathan Avaldi is probably the next. Because David Price... With his age and his contract, he's going to be hard to move. His contract is going to make him a possible move. Yeah. That was a bad decision. Nathan Avaldi is more manageable for a team to take on. $17 million a year. Younger age, more potential. So I could see a team training for him, and I could see them wanting to move him. He's a higher ceiling, but a lower floor. That's how true. I put it. That's true. I don't know. We could, like we were just talking about, we could need Nathan Avaldi. 
it's it's tough to tell at this point. Next question from Jason's best friend S'more Twenty <laughs> asks thoughts on the Johnson move. Um, I don't think it's really significant at all. I mean, it might hurt a little bit if we lose him to acclaim just because he's a pitcher, he's a body who can go out there and throw. But, I mean, he never really did anything special in the majors other than that one complete game shutout he had in 2017. So, I mean, it's tough to let a top draft pick and a top prospect like that, like he once was, go. But I don't think he'll really ever find the success he was projected for in the major leagues. Him and Henry Owens were supposed to be, like, the next big thing. Yeah, Henry Owens true. was supposed to be, like, the next Randy Johnson. Yeah. Brian Johnson, though, he's, like, your stereotypical spot starter. Yeah. He's, like, the guy you bring up when some guy needs some more rest or something yeah. injured. Yeah, I can exactly. see that. Oh, rosters are expanding to 26 this year. Yeah, which kind of goes under the radar, but yeah. that could help us. I completely forgot about that. That help could everyone. help us. It's going to help everyone. Teams are going to carry, like, 14 pitch- pitchers now. Or wait, well, or is there a limit now? Is it? I they, forget. I feel like I can't remember if they. Act, it was proposed. I don't know if yeah. it was approved. We got that batter minimum too. Yeah. So that, before the season, let's talk about those. Well, wait, that's, is the batter minimum? Yeah, that's coming in this year too. I hate that stuff. Well, the it's only good thing about nothing, it is the only good thing about it is with the twenty-six man rosters, it will prevent teams from going like pitcher for one batter, pitcher for one batter, pitcher for one batter because they have so many pitchers available because of the larger rosters. M. Robinson one two eight seven asks, "Who is more legendary, Mike Carp or Darnell McDonald?" Ooh, that's a good one. I was thinking about Mike Carp the other day. That doesn't answer the question. <laughs> but I'm I'm a go with I'm a go with Fishboy and Mike Carp because uh, Darnell McDonald became a Yankee and they made him cut off his dreads and I remember he kept them in a bag. <laughs> but Mike Carp, he was cool. Wore number thirty seven. Actually, Darnell McDonald pitched for us one time. So did Mike Carp. Did he? Yeah. Then that's, that's a like, very good question. That's one of the top ones I remember him for. He hit a grand slam in Tampa Bay once in like a tie game. He also tried to fight someone. I forget who. That's always but, a plus. Oh, David Price. Really? Yeah. That was da- that, yeah, remember was. that game? But the Rays. And oh, Workman threw at Longoria's head. Yeah, that was a crazy game. Was um was it the our podcast guest on in that? No, there was one with Yunel Escobar, where Johnny oh, Gomes was like Johnny Gomes was on. Him. Yeah, they were um he stole third when they were up by five in like the eighth inning. Was and it Johnny a different Gomes, one? Johnny Gomes yelled at him from the dugout. Yeah, okay. Johnny Gomes was also involved in the third Red Sox Rays fight. This was <laughs> when he was on the Rays though. Uh, James Shields threw a Coco Crisp. Coco <laughs> charges the mound. They're, they wrestle each other to the ground. In comes Johnny from left field, throwing haymakers. <laughs> Watch the video. It's the guy with the mohawk. He's throwing haymakers on everyone he can see. I miss the old like Red Sox Rays fights. Yeah, it's because Longoria is not there anymore. Yeah, and they have a bunch of no names. Like we're not gonna start a fight with G Man Choi. It's because this sport has become lame, and there's no more violence. We bring what did you say the other day? Bring Joe Kelly back. You said there's too many nerds in baseball or something. There are. There's way too too many many nerds nerds. in baseball. People who would rather sit around looking at numbers and then beat the crap out of someone. Oh yeah, we'll. You don't. You don't want to fight. You'll take your anger out on the field. You take your anger out when we beat them. Oh shut up. We'll take your anger out on your face. (laughs) Also, like. If you you I think overusing analytics is like a bad thing because there are sometimes so like a, do I. a gut feeling is a thing and I think that works like a lot. 
It's true. I just don't like people saying, oh, well, you know, according to my calculations, this was the correct move. I don't like that. Our so. next question is from, again, Zach and Harden. Uh, who's winning the Super Bowl? I think that the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl for these reasons. The other front runner in the AFC is the Patriots. Not even close to as talented. Beat them already once. And that's what they said last okay. year. Yeah, that's what and they said last year. It's not, there wasn't a team that was any kind of close Kansas to City. the Ravens. No, not even close to the Ravens. What do you year. mean? Kansas City was like unstoppable offensively. And they had a decent If you defense. take Lamar Jackson off the Ravens, they would not have a winning record. Well, obviously, well, that but that's, that's just because he's... He, they're like, still going to win the Super Bowl. Lamar Lamar is the MVP right now. You I think can, You can't change my mind anymore. After last night, it's, it's fair. Like, no doubt he's the MVP. It's I think fair. the Saints are going to be the team that comes out of the NFC. Wilson will um, be better in the playoffs. Not though. the 49ers? No. No, I think I they're too young. I do not think the 49ers are going to be I the think team. they're too young. I think they the Saints demolished are way... The yeah, the Packers were. The Saints have experience. This, year. this would be a great conversation for the NFL podcast that we should have, but never actually started. We should make a hockey one and just not do anything. Like, we should just upload thirty-second clips. Like, go bees. We won tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Quick update on our fantasy football league. I'm good. I'm in the playoffs as of right now. If I win this week, I'm in the playoffs. If I lose this week. I'm out of the playoffs, and this is the last week of the regular season, so this is a big game. I had a chance to stack my Alex. team. I'm playing Alex, by the way. So Yeah, he kind of sucks. He's out in Chicago. Next question. Mimi X Bella asks, what's your 2010s decade Red Sox dream team? I love this question. So let's do starting nine, uh, starting pitcher, reliever, DH. Okay. Sound good? Yeah. And then I think for manager, everyone's actually – no, let's do manager too. Yeah, manager. Yeah. yeah, why not? So we're gonna do some podcast editing magic right here. So we're gonna give ourselves some time to think about it and then cut to that. All right, we're back. Here we go. Um, start with catcher. All right, I I had salty. Me too. All right, first base. I went Hanley just because whenever he hit a homer, it was just awesome. It was fun. <laughs> I I put down uh, Adrian Gonzalez. It's a good one. Second base. Oh, this yeah, one's easy. Pedroia. I went Brock Holt. Ooh. Well, I did Brock Holt slash Petey because obviously you have to say Petey, yeah. but Brock Holt, okay. one of my favorites of all time. Uh, Shortstop? Bogarts. Bogarts. No one else really compares. Yeah. I mean, Scudero. Third base. I went Beltre here. So did I. That was my surprise. Yeah. I mean, Devers it was a great one is almost year. too young yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to be qualified yeah. for this. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. All right, left field. Johnny Gomes, the I guest put, on this podcast episode. I put Brock Holt in left field. All right, that works. I my favorite play of his is when he was playing yeah. center and Johnny Gomes was in left and he had Johnny no idea couldn't where see the ball it was. and Brock Holt out just comes nowhere. in from out yeah. of nowhere, not even in the camera shot, dives and gets it, Superman style. Yep, center that was awesome. Center, I went Shane Victorino. I went Mookie. I love Shane Victorino's walk up song. Love that was a Vic. classic and just yeah. him in general. All right, right field, Daniel Nava. See, I went Victorino and right Mookie yeah. in center. Daniel Nava, I just remember his you first at bat in your- the Grand. No, I put because Mookie in cent- I don't oh. think he'll be on the Red Sox past either this year or the yeah, next but, year. So. Yeah, but it's next year's 2020. I know, but whatever. I still want Daniel Nava. Maybe I'm mad. I'm mad. I wanted to go with some right. of the older players. Then. DH? Yeah. Ortiz. <laughs> Who else are you going to pick for DH? JD. Yeah, but like David Ortiz. It's David Ortiz. Oh, I should have put JD in left. That would have been smart, actually. Holt Why didn't I even think of that? I JD. Okay, JD slash Brock Holt. They're gonna platoon in left. Starting pitcher. Are right, you good? Oh, 
John Lester. I did Lackey slash Lester just because I loved Lackey's just like persona Being out there in the mound. Yeah. But Lester is all right. Reliever, Koji. 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 Manager. This was tough because I mean I really well, support Alex was, Cora and it was love a two him. Two horse race between me. Terry Francona was yeah. also. I went. I went with Terry. Yeah. No, who isn't uh, my manager? Bobby Valentine. Bobby Valentine. That was that was a rough error right there. That and one year. My honorable mention, Kevin Euclidus. That's yeah. underappreciated. He was great. Yeah. While we were going through this, I couldn't stop thinking about like Grady Sizemore and Scott Pesednik. Joanna Cespedes. That was that was an interesting time in Red Sox history right there. Yes, it was. He was yeah. he played well for us. I enjoyed it, yeah. And we traded him for Ricky. Not a bad trade though. Yeah. Looking back on it. it was Actually good. It, we won that trade surprisingly. He, like got injured. Yeah, I'd rather have Rick Porcello out there throwing meatballs. I mean, with Rick, what Rick Porcello did he for the Red Cy Sox, Cy Young and like a everything he did in the pitcher. World Series. He was good. Yeah. Clutch. He was good. I always yeah. felt good about him pitching. Even if he stunk, I was like, you know what? He tried. I mean, that's what happened last year. Is he was yeah. so bad. Yeah, but I, I still love TV. Yeah, exactly. That was I, funny. I was never mad at Rick Porcello for being bad funny. last year. No, I was like, yeah, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, you know, he set really low expectations in his first <laughs> year, which was a great. That's idea. That's a smart. Yeah, <laughs> which made his Cy Young year that much better. Yep, smart. All right, next question. The Vooch asks: Review Red Sox trades. <laughs> review Red Sox trades the last couple of years and what you think. Who you think won them? Well, I can tell you right now the. <laughs> Travis Shaw and prospect for Tyler Thornburg probably the worst bone. one. Yeah, what was the best trade they did in that best time? Trade. I mean, Steve Pierce was a good under the radar trade. Steve Pierce in was a very good trade. Uh, that second baseman, Ian Kinsler. We don't talk <laughs> no, about that. No, we, we, no, he no. is not welcome here. Trading for Chris Sale. Chris Sale was a good. Uh, we don't know about Kopech yet. True, but I mean, oh uh, yeah, that could go pretty poorly if Chris Sale doesn't be. Yeah, like if true. he's not Chris Sale. Trade. The final um, question, the one that I think I finally have a response to, uh, Nick.5567 underscore asks, why are lemons yellow? Like, what's that about? And I would ask you, why do we drive on a parkway, but park on a driveway? And I would like to say, you never know, because this world's confusing. That's what I would like to say. Cool. Next question. I don't, there is no next question. Jason, do you have a response? And that's our podcast for this week. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Happy Thanksgiving and happy birthday, Hector Velasquez, apparently. Um, we told you that we were going to have a Thanksgiving turkey on the video version of the podcast. And here it is, right in front of you. Garrett wants to stab it. I paid 12 bucks for this on Amazon. It's an inflatable turkey. Please don't stab it. Can I stab it? Put it down. Put it down. I'm stabbing it. I'm stabbing it. No. <laughs> Put it down. I'm stabbing it. I want to keep it. No. <laughs> so we no longer have a turkey. Garrett just stabbed it. <laughs> stabbed it dead. Um, it just has a hole in it. How about um, you anyways, a real one? Thank you to Johnny Gomes for coming on the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Um, we'll try to keep getting some guests throughout this offseason, but enjoy Thanksgiving, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks. See you later. Bye. What'd you think was gonna happen? It's not a balloon. I it was gonna 